Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And today, I have another special guest as we continue our HR Southwest Conference Spotlight as I'm getting to talk to Felicia Taylor. Felicia is the Chief People Officer at WebPT, and she is a speaker this year at the 2022 HR Southwest Conference. She's certified in HR, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hey, how you doing, Felicia? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me today, Bruce. Oh, my goodness. So you recently posted uh, that you were going to be speaking at the HR Southwest Conference, and I said, I want to get you on because you're going to be talking about the candidate experience, and I immediately, that caught my attention because I think we're all like, how can we do that better? So, hey, what are, have you been to the uh, HR Southwest Conference in the past or is this your first conference? No, I've been in the past. Um, it's been a while, um, you know, unfortunately, even with COVID, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's been a few years, but um, it's always so energizing. And I really look forward to all the exciting um you know, user or attendee experience um, things that are going on this year. I saw uh, Shirley had some really exciting things going on for attendees this year. So I look forward to it. Shirley was phenomenal. I had her on the show a few weeks ago as she talked about one of the things they're really focused on was the attendee experience. So I'm sure that probably caught your attention. That is fantastic. I love that. I love that. Hey, well, let, let's uh, let's kick this off. I would love for you, before we get into the HR Southwest Conference, I, I would love for you to uh, just share a little bit about your organization, WebPT, and, and how you serve your customers. Yeah, absolutely. So WebPT is kind of like what it sounds like, Web and PT, so Web Physical Therapist. So we're a mission-driven um, company focused on outpatient rehab therapy community. So we've created um, an innovative end-to-end process um, business um, solution. So we specifically give rehab therapy professionals the tools necessary um, to really simplify their operations, improve the patient journey, and accelerate their business growth. So our um, product suite is for the entire life cycle for building their rehab business from treating the patient, our EMR, billing, scheduling, digital intake, and pretty much all of that. So the full, you know, life cycle for our physical therapists. So we're really proud of that. I love that. And and what meaningful work. I, I just, uh, I love everything about that. Hey, you said a word though, that really, uh, it always catches my attention. That is mission driven. I love that. Talk a little bit about the importance of being a mission driven organization. I mean, you, you, now you, not haven't been there for a long time, have you? And then, and so knowing it's a mission-driven organization, that probably um, helps you kind of with your decision making as well. About oh, absolutely. I mean, that's something that you know. And again, with the candidate experience and your employer value proposition, right? It's it's a real um, it's a differentiator, right? Like, yeah, you know, people are looking to be part of something that's bigger than them mm. and to really, you know, give back in a meaningful way. And, and they, they're looking for organizations who are um, in that space and WebPT is definitely in that space. And um, when I, uh, when this opportunity was uh, presented to me and not only do I get the, the, um, the lovely chance to work with a, a former colleague of mine, who's the CEO, um, but then to know what the mission of the company is, 
a female founded, female led, you know, I mean, in the great space. I mean, how could I pass this up? <laughs> oh, man, I absolutely love that. And we're going to talk all about the Canada experience. I want to hear uh, what you're going to be talking about at HR Southwest. Uh, you'll probably share some of the, the experiences you had uh, with your organization and maybe uh, what you see. But before we do that, I would love to know and I have not known you for a long time. I know you through the Dallas HR organization, but I would love to hear the Felicia Taylor story. Like, where did you grow up? And how in the world did you get into HR and leadership and, and, and now speaking? Um, so I'm originally from Southern California, the Los Angeles area. Um, but I've been living in Dallas for about 18 years now. I still have a lot of friends and family in California we definitely try to make um, a few trips back every year. And um, you can't beat Southern California weather, especially when we've had, uh, what, five weeks of triple digit <laughs> heat in Texas. Um, but, you know, I've been in the HR field for over 20 years with a variety of companies and, and roles. So I've worked in startups, family businesses, um, high growth companies large public companies. So I've really seen a range of environments and, and really in needs. And so along that way, I've really developed some amazing relationships along the way. Um, my first HR job uh, over 20 years ago was for, um, ironically, an oil and gas company in Seal Beach, California. So I was hired at their corporate office to be uh, an HR coordinator. My main responsibilities at the time was managing employee paper files, if you can remember the time when we had paper files, um, and also now what we call employee engagement. And so kind of the fun committee, if you would call it back then, but now we know that to be employee engagement. Um, I was promoted within months and then, you know, handled really, I learned workers comp and safety. And then from there, I moved into, I went to an advertising company and I moved into a manager role and I oversaw payroll and recruiting and employee relations and immigration. And I really learned a lot in that role. Um, it was a, an my opportunity to leverage my bilingual skills. I, I speak Spanish and mm -hmm. um, I was able to get into payroll and immigration, things that I never really had experienced before. And so I grew a lot. Um, my husband and I you know, got married and we re relocated to Texas. And then I had to really navigate a new market and establish you know, new relationships and, and networks. And you know, that's kind of when I, started that that second part of my career um, in, in Texas. And so I've, I've been here ever since. Oh, wow. You know, whenever you talk about relocation, you're talking my language. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and I know how tough that can be. But uh, and, and I want to get into the conference, but I want to just ask you, you know, we're going to talk about the Kennedy experience. But what about your experience trying to build that network? Do you remember how hard that was? I know I talked to a lot of people that relocate and they take that chance and and they talk about how that's really what helped them get to where they are today is is building that network. Do you remember that, how hard that was and how, how did you do that? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely difficult, um, you know, really taking advantage of um, the HR networks, you know, um, I was in Fort Worth at the time, and um, the, the 
equivalent version, I can't remember, of Dallas HR, you mm -hmm. know, it was the Fort Worth uh, chapter of it. And, um, you know, I think I, at the time, uh, that's when I actually met uh, Sandra McLean. I don't know mm. if you know Sandra. I do know Sandra yes. McLean. I've known Sandra for years. And uh, she and I met at a breakfast um, uh, networking event. And I told her, you know, I was new to the the area and uh funny story is that's how I, I got it. I, I landed at Manatech is she, you know, she, she, she and I just really connected. She didn't have a particular headcount at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she was like, I, one thing about Sandra that I learned and, and, and she was, she found a, a way she was always um, very, if she had an eye for talent, she'd find a way to make it work. And so she brought me on as a, um, a contractor at 1099. And so I did recruiting for Manatech for um, I, I maybe 11 months or so before I ended up um, with Park Place. But uh, yeah, so she, she wow. brought me kind of, kind of got my my feet uh, wet in, in, you know, the HR space in, in Texas. And then from there, I was really just on in my career. You know, I talk all the time about your network as your net worth. And, and of course, Fort Worth HR is a phenomenal uh, HR chapter in, in the Fort Worth area. And so I'm sure they're going to love to hear that you were part, they were part of your, uh, your journey. Well, well, I appreciate that. And, and, and were there like, have you, I mean, here you are, your chief people officer. And mm -hmm. it's been an incredible journey. Were there, were, have there been some people that uh, I always like to talk about mentors? I think it's so important because I feel like the great leaders have had mentors that have helped them get to where they are today. Any mentors that, that stand out to you? I know you mentioned uh, one, you know, with Sandra, I any other mentors that really have helped you get to where you are? Yeah, you know, I think um, I, I think <clears throat> one of the biggest investments that you can make in yourself in general is mentorship. And I personally um, intentionally mentor um, those that are interested in, in that in that investment in themselves. And I think that that's part of my give back as well. Um, but I think it doesn't have to be as structured or as formal as people mm -hmm. Um, think it should be either. It doesn't have to be programmatic. Um, mm -hmm. You could even have um, an advisory board of people that, you know, that consists of individuals that you trust, that have a diverse set of backgrounds and experiences that, you know, can give you different perspectives um, on important decision points um, in your career or in your life. Um, but, you know, you would think that um, I would have had a, a, a a plethora of people that have invested me to invested in me to kind of help me navigate uh, along the way. And unfortunately, I've I've really I've even asked for mentorship and not quite have received it mm. um, to the to the point that I you know I've wanted it, but I never really let that get in my way. Mm. I've even um, I've leveraged I've I've taken mentorship from afar, meaning I've watched people mm. and I've like made mm. them my mentor without them knowing it. <laughs> um, I've I've taken mentorship from people like of what not to do. Um, I've taken every experience along this journey as a learning experience and mentorship and guidance for myself. So I, I have met some great people who have given me nuggets 
And I, you know, I wouldn't take that um, away from that and everything that's that's mm. contributed. But if you would say like a mentor in particular, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to kind of give you like a list of names. You know, it's interesting you say that. And I appreciate you sharing that because I bet that is a common theme for a lot of people as well is because it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be structured. You know, there's many mentors uh, that I would say are authors, right? We read these oh. books, right? And oh all of a goodness. sudden you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> John Maxwell has been an incredible mentor in my life. And he, uh, you know, he probably doesn't even know that, you know, he's been mentored to millions and all these. You have people. no idea, Bruce. I have a lot of book mentors. <laughs> right. And then, and then when we go to a networking event, I always talk, uh, tell people all the time, people are watching you. Right. So what do you want to display? Do you want to display like inspiration? to where people see that and they go that direction? Or do you want to see uh, the what not to do, like you just mentioned? And I think that is absolutely important. Well, uh, before last last question I want to ask you before we get into the, the conference talk is I always like to talk about purpose and, and I always mm -hmm. talk about find your lane. And I was curious, was there a moment when, you know, I mean, here you were in, in Southern California, you know, with paper documents, <laughs> as you were talking about before, was there a moment though, when you found your lane, you found your purpose that said, I found what I love to do. I'm moving this direction. Uh, in, any thoughts around that? You know, um, I've given that question some some thought over time. And um, to be honest with you, there hasn't been one defining moment, I mm -hmm. think, from the mo from the time that I stepped into the space of HR. I've, I've never really looked back. I've never questioned, you know, is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. I've just really focused on climbing and climbing and moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, but one of the things that, that I do know is that it's been an evolution of growth and self-reflection, right? So mm. um, it, I, I've never really had many visual examples of me in the C-suite along my journey to even think that it was an option to list it as a goal early in my career. So I would say that what I have learned um, in these later stages in my career that I think my purpose has become to normalize and de like demystify the idea of this being an option for people who identify with me. Mm -hmm. um, like there wasn't a blueprint for me. Like, and so if, if I can do anything, it'll be really to contribute to the creation of that blueprint for generations after me, just to make it easier to navigate and make it quicker to get here, really. So I think that's kind of what I'm falling into my purpose in, in this career um, of mine. I'm still early in my career, so I don't want to um, solidify it because mm. I, I, you have to be agile in life in general. Um, but that's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of uncovering. I love that. It, you know, whenever you share that, it reminds me of a quote I, I once heard and it said, once you get to the top of the mountain, you're really at the bottom of the next mountain. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, here she is. She's at the top of the mountain. But yet in her perspective, she's at the bottom of the next mountain. And she's just going to keep climbing, keep showing the way. And I, I love that. Oh, my goodness. I knew this was going to be good. If you're listening right now, you need to be taking notes. You're going to get a lot out of this conversation. Well, let's talk the HR Southwest Conference. It's going to be coming up October the uh, 16th through the 19th in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, it's one of my favorite 
conferences of the year. And of course, you're going to be talking uh, about the Canada Experience 2.0. Talk a little bit about that. Like, where did, first of all, where did that, uh, that idea come up about talking about the Canada Experience 2.0? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I'm super excited to be speaking. Um, you know, this is all new for me, just, you know, public speaking and, um, you know, podcasts. And okay, um, let me let a- me let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. Did you uh, oh, so, so you've been to the conference before, but you have is this your first time speaking at the conference? This is my first time speaking. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. This is going to be energizing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to sharing just my perspective and my thought process on things, right, when it comes to the candidate experience, because um, really, you know, in today's market, um, it's really competitive. We've known this for the last couple of years. And, and the reason why I, I called it candidate experience 2.0 is because, you know, it's an evolution. We have to change the way we think about the candidate experience. And for a long time, the candidates were lucky if they got an interview with the mm, company, okay. you know, like, and so the tables have kind of turn where you're kind of lucky if you can find a candidate to interview. Um, so the candidates have shifted the power to the point where they're doing they're doing their research. They're interviewing you. They're looking at your glass door. They're trying to find out why they should, you know, come join you and bring their talents to your organization and what differentiates you from, you know, the next company that is offering just as well the same money. So the money doesn't make it the differentiating point, especially when it comes to good talent that you want to keep around. I mean, there are those that chase the money. That's fine. And you're going to get what you pay for. But when you're looking for people that want to stay with the organization and contribute and bring, you know, a lot more to the the company um, and be a culture ad and not just a culture fit, right? Then that's, that's really, how are you going to position yourself? And so the candidate experience really talks about your employer value proposition. Mm. And so I am providing um, a very basic, um, almost like playbook that, you know, the uh, attendees can walk away from and pretty much implement uh, in real time. And, And think about this, like we're going into, this is going to be in October. Well, most organizations have slowed down with their hiring for the second half of the year. What better time to get ready for next year than the second half of the year. Use this downtime to reset your employer value proposition. Look at your hiring process. Look at your job descriptions. Are your job descriptions really selling your organization? Are they, do they have the right type of language? Are they inclusive? Are, are they a list of, is it a laundry list of things that you're asking these candidates to, to you know, qualify for? Are you telling them like, this is what, what we're looking for and why you should be here? Um, is your, is your um, web experience, you know, a good UI UX experience for them? Is it a one click or is it a hundred clicks? Like, what does that look like? Just go back and revisit this so that, you can make sure that your drop-off rate isn't, you know, ridiculous, all of those things. So those are things that I'm going to go over. They're very, you know, common sense. They're very doable Mm. that you don't need a huge team. You don't need a huge budget. 
There are things that are within your control. Um, and that's one of the things that I realized is working in smaller organizations, um, you, you are, you don't have the resources. You have to do what you, you, you can do within your span of control. And so that's what I am offering is what can you do within your span of control? Okay. There is so much there. I <laughs> absolutely love that. And so I would say the main, yeah, the main thing, you don't need a huge budget. You just need to come be prepared to take notes and, 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 and ask questions and, and think through things that you can take back to the office. I love that. The employee value proposition. Uh, I, when you mentioned job descriptions right now, I, first of all, um, I want to ask this, when, when does the candidate experience, like, when does that start? Is that, does that start from when someone's thinking about joining the company and they're starting to do research or uh, research or when does that actually start? Absolutely. It starts on your, any, your social, your website, your mm. glass or anything that is any material like advertising about your company. That's when, and then from the point that they engage with your company, that's when the candidate experience really starts. Hey, well, let me ask you this. Okay. I'm just going to, I know that uh, you're, you're, you know, you've been within your company for, you know, less than a year. And, and sure. so you're probably, you probably have this. And so this is why I want to ask you this. Cause I bet you there's some people out there that are thinking, okay, I've got a hundred things on my list. How did you, how do you attack that? Right. So I'm sure you came in the organization you're like, Hey, we do all these things. Well, here's some things we need to maybe take a look at, you know, and all of a sudden you're making this list. How, yeah. do, you, how do you take that from an overwhelming stage to a manageable stage? Any thoughts around how, how you've been able to do that or what you've been able to see or some tips for someone listening? I was just watching a movie last night and there was this joke and it says, um, you know, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> this dad was telling his daughter, how do you eat an elephant? And she looks at him like, I don't know, it sounds like so, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And he says, one bite at a time. Yeah. You just have to ruthlessly prioritize and you have to really look at, you know, what leads to the next thing. So mm -hmm. there has to be foundational things in place. Like you can't go off and do things that supersede other things, right? Like if you don't have like an online application, yeah. um, it doesn't matter if you have all these other things, you need mm -hmm. an online application. So it has to make sense. You have to use like common sense. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to look at just the journey. Like if you just to map out like the candidate journey, like, do you have information? If you don't have information on the company, well, then you maybe start there. So you just have to look at what does your laundry list look like and prioritize that and then look at your resources and, and what you have in terms of help and, and then go from there. Okay, this is what I can do with what I have and the time frame that I have will look like this. And you just chop away at it. I love that. I love when you talk about foundation. So you got to determine, hey, what, what's the foundation? Where do, where do we need to start there? Uh, you mentioned online application, which is fantastic. Share, share a couple of, uh, I don't know, you don't have to give your whole presentation away, but I would love for you to share, hey, what are a couple of things that you're going to try to stress during your talk uh, at, at the conference for someone that's listening and, and you're like, hey, you need to be in this session because I'm going to talk about these couple of things that that might be helpful the elements of a great candidate experience that's mm. one of the areas that i'll talk about 
Okay. Anything, you know, we've talked about the application process, but, you know, clear timelines, you know, that's one of the things that we miss a lot, especially if we don't have real, you know, a lot of resources, but just being clear about the timelines of the overall hiring process and what to expect that, that, that doesn't take a lot, but, uh, but communication, mm -hmm. right. Um, and then communication, um, you know, demonstrating your company values during the interview process to really weave that into what somebody can expect. And once they are an employee to show that you do live those values that you're promoting in your employer value proposition on your website when you're marketing so that they start to experience that from the early stages of the process, um, respecting their time, you know, mm -hmm. follow ups and, and just really letting them know a position has been filled, um, you know, being prepared, ensuring that mm -hmm. there's a streamlined interview process and everybody in the process is prepared prepared. And then really in this market, you've got to move swiftly. Mm. You've got to make decisions very quickly, be decisive and just move really swiftly in this, in this market. Um, because if not, somebody else will, will snatch up your, your talent. So those are just some things that I will, you know, cover in this session. I love your energy and your, your passion. I just, it just like, it comes through this screen. I can't even imagine if we were together right now, how <laughs> energized that would be. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I, as you're talking here, I just feel your conviction. It's just, it's wonderful to hear. Uh, what drives you like in your everyday as a leader? I, I, I'm curious. Oh, that's a really good question. I would just say the, the ability to to make an impact and to make a difference like yeah. that's really what drives me yeah i love that i you know i and I, when i wake up uh, uh, mondays are my recording recording days mm -hmm. and, and i'm just i'm so excited for mondays i go and i get my workout in and i think about because i know that these interviews are going to help a lot of people and from just from some of the, the things that you share. And so that, that drives me, you know, a lot of people say, how long are you going to do this podcast? I'm going to just keep doing it till I run out of people to talk to because it drives me. It dri I learn so much and then I get the opportunity to share. So I appreciate that. Hey, well, well let me ask you this. Okay. So you, 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 you finish, let's just like vision this, right? You finish your presentation everybody gives you a standing ovation. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm sure of it. Uh, what are you hoping? Like when people come up and talk to you later though, what, what do you like hope that uh, attendees will share with you that maybe some takeaways that, that they learn from you? I'm just hoping that they found it relevant. I'm hoping that they find it timely. I'm hoping mm -hmm. that they find it practical. And I'm just hoping that they find it worth their, their time, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, they have choices. They, you know, you get an agenda, there's an app, you can choose which sessions you want to sign mm -hmm. up for. And I'm hoping that they feel like, you know, they, they left that they feel like they have enough information that they can go back and get started and actually um, implement something that's going to make a difference in their organization. The Candidate Experience 2.0, Felicia Taylor, she will be in that app. You will have a choice to go see her. I want to tell you, you need to go see her. October the 16th through the 19th uh, at the HR Southwest Conference. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Hey, I, I'm not going to ask you anymore because I don't want to give, give away any more to the team. <laughs> I want them to come to your session, but I do want to ask you this. 
preparation. You know, I talk to a lot of speakers. I do a lot of speaking myself. I'm going to be speaking at the, at the conference as well. I hope yeah. we're not speaking at the same time. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> energizing HR is what I'm I'm going to be speaking about. But oh, nice. I'm curious, um, preparation-wise, like, is it more to prepare than what people think? Or is it like, what's the preparation process been for you? Has it been fulfilling? Has it been uh, exhausting? Tell, tell me, I, I, I'm just curious from your perspective. Um, I would say it's a balance of um, definitely fulfilling and, um, you know, you you kind of want to eat, like you have to stop yourself. You're like, stop putting information in there, like <laughs> cut it down, you know, <laughs> we're talking like you have to like dwindle it down to, to the time slot you need. So, you know, making sure that it's clear, concise mm. and easy to digest Um and not going and adding more stuff. So I think just disciplined, I have to stay disciplined. Mm. I have to make sure that I'm very clear. Um, and that's the the preparation is making sure that you're clear. I think a lot of times whenever I'm speaking to, I have so much in there, I have to cut it back because you can give <laughs> someone too much, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so much. I don't know where to start versus saying, hey, you know what? Here's one or two points, just go with that. Uh, and I, I found that that's uh, that's worked out best for me. It's just hard to get there. Well, sometimes less is more, right? <laughs> and simple yeah. is is. But when you're when you're your own, you're you're you are your own worst critic. So mm -hmm. you're like, this doesn't look like enough, you know. <laughs> so. I love it. Well, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. The Candidate Experience 2.0. I'm super excited about that. Uh, so uh, I'll put the uh, the registration, all the information in the show notes so people can people can learn more about you and and, uh, and and your topic. Hey, I want to ask you one more question before we go to it's time to accelerate uh, in the show. I always like to ask this question, uh, Felicia, and that is, have you ever been given any advice during your, you know, we've talked a little bit about your journey today. Have you ever been given any advice? It was just so good that you just find yourself sharing that with others. I received um, some really good advice from um, a leader earlier in my career. Um, I was at um, Park Place, Lexus. I was working there and um, Gary Benner was the general manager. And he was one of the first business leaders who invested in me as an HR leader. And so he really leaned in and invited me to a lot of the business meetings. And, and I really, that's when I, like things clicked and I started to understand the value of being a business partner and mm. not, um, you know, the traditional personnel um, viewpoint of, of human resources. So I really started to pivot at that point in my career and become more of a business partner. But what, what he shared with me is, um, you know, he, he recognized that he couldn't be good at everything in, in the business. Mm -hmm. Right. So he really had to, surround himself and hire people around him that had different skill sets than him and diverse viewpoints than him and that would complement him. But not only did he do that, he really acknowledged, celebrated and recognized them for those skill sets so mm. that they really stepped up and, and excelled and were very um, empowered to leverage those skill sets so that 
they wanted to do more and be more under his leadership. So he was a he is to this day a very um, inspirational and great leader who has gotten some amazing things out of his his people who work for him. Mm-hmm. And I um, kind of practice the same mm-hmm. thing. I surround myself with um, individuals who are really good at what they do. And then I celebrate them for that. And I tell them that that's your superpower and I'm, you're, you're, I'm all over it. And so I'm going to let everybody know that that's your superpower. Um, and I celebrate them for that. And I don't take credit for that. I give them credit for that. And I want everybody to know that. And I, I, I make sure that everybody understands that that's what I'm doing so that they can learn from that and hopefully take that as well and their leadership style and, you know, practice that as well. I'm not, I'm not um, being, you know, secretive about that or keep that for myself. I want to spread that. Man, I, I got to tell you, I, I have chills uh, listening to that because I heard two words there. The first word I heard was empower. You empower your people, you hire the right people and you are empowering to go do what they do best. And I absolutely love that. I find that as a common thread for high performers. That is for sure. I had Toby Rowland on the show and he talked about the a leader that he had and that was his superpower as he empowered uh, people. And, and, and the second thing you said was, I think a lot of people on the show also needed, need to hear that. And then it was learn to become a better business partner, always trying to improve that to be a better business partner, whether you're an HR business partner or you're a sales business partner <laughs> or a financial or a C-suite, whatever that is, building those relationships, learning what others need to help them get better. So you can work together, right? Absolutely. We're all here for the same reason, right? I mean, if we're working in an organization, the organization, there's one name on the building. I mean, not literally anymore because everybody's working from home, but I mean, there's one organization and we're all working for the same goal. And if you can get there, um, I mean, great things can happen. You are an inspirational leader. That is for sure. Felicia, I have absolutely love that. Hey, well, we're going to shift to the last part of the show. I like to ask some fun questions as, as we kind of wrap up as it's time to accelerate. And first question I would like to ask is, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you've traveled quite a bit. Uh, we, and, and of course the conference is going to be in Fort Worth this year, but I always like to ask, like, do you have a favorite city that uh, you have traveled to, or you like traveling to any, any thoughts around that? Yeah, um, I do. I have a lot, but I mean, one that comes top of mind is New Orleans, because why not? <laughs> okay, I cannot believe it. Okay, so I just came from, from Sherm National, which is, in, okay. did you oh, go? Yeah. Did you no, go? No, I didn't make okay. it. Nope. So <laughs> I, uh, it was my first visit to New Orleans. And really? uh, I I was there for the five days during the, the Sherm conference. And then my wife flew down and we celebrate our anniversary there for a, cu- a couple more days. I think we we're there for eight days. Uh, <laughs> but it was a fun, other than the heat, it was a phenomenal experience. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, from you name it, music, culture, people, mm. food. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's amazing. I love that. And- you know, I've had other people talk about New Orleans before and I can't relate because I hadn't been there. And now I can relate. <laughs> when you start talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I can relate. Hey, uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you've been at the conference before. You're speaking this year for the for, for your first time. What are you looking most forward to attending this year's conference? Well, now that, you know, I, I was going to say learning, but now I'm just like so intrigued by this, like, 
um, attendee experience that you and Shirley were talking about, you know, because I'm all about the candidate experience. So this attendee experience like has me like super intrigued. <laughs> you know, uh, me too. So I interviewed uh, Shirley Johnson. She's a 2022 conference director. And go, go check that out if you haven't heard her episode on, on the podcast. But she said this year, they are really focused on the attendee experience. And so she got my attention as well. So I'm excited about that. Hey, well, let me ask you this, Felicia. Other than working and 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 now preparing for speaking, what what like what energizes you like outside of work? You know, the funny thing is um, I'm actually more of an introvert than an extrovert. So what actually energizes me is quiet time, um, meditation, alone time. Um, that really mm. recharges my battery. So that's really what energizes me to, I, to be interesting. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I get energized because I love reading books and mm. I, I are you a book reader? I am a book reader. I have I or a change, book listener. I, I, you know, I have to like, it's weird. Cause like there's some books that I have to have physical copies of. And so like I toggle <laughs> between audible and the physical book because I need to see, you know, so yeah, I, I I'm definitely a book reader. I go through quite a few books. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I could tell. Okay. This is my last question as we wrap up the show. And, and one of my favorite questions, Felicia, Felicia, 10 years older, is around the corner and she's knocking at your front door and you're going to go answer that door. What is she going to tell you? I think she would say to me, thank you. Thank mm. you for believing in you and us. And thank you for investing in us because mm. it paid off 10 years later. Mm. Belief. That's a big word. That's one of my favorite words, belief. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, that is a wise 10-year-older, Felicia. I love that. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I cannot wait to, to share this episode with everybody, uh, your your wisdom, your perspective, and and all things HR conference. If someone wanted uh, to connect with you, maybe before the conference, uh, to learn a little bit more about you, is there a way that they could connect? So mm. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Um, that's about it with my social media, unfortunately. But that's all I got is uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> Perfect. And if you do connect with Felicia on LinkedIn, be sure and let her know you heard her on the podcast. It just it makes that connection so much uh, easier, I guess, if you will. Uh, start being a, a good business partner, but let her know that uh, you you heard a podcast and maybe even share something that, that stood out. Uh, that's always helpful. And so again, I uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I can't wait to see your session, uh, the Candidate Experience yes. 2.0. It's going to be absolutely fantastic at the HR Southwest Conference. Again, I'll put all the all the information in the show notes. I can't wait. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, Bruce. And I look forward to seeing your session too. Awesome. I can't wait to share this. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.